All right. So the situation in Ukraine has changed this week. We know that there's uh, a new operation that's been started in the uh, Donbass region and uh, also a situation around Mariupol, which sounds very, very ominous. This morning, our prime minister uh, was talking about the fact that Canada will provide uh, military aid to Ukraine, more military aid. However, at this point, he's not providing a lot of details as to what that might look like. He says they have responded to specific requests made by the Ukrainian government. Their most recent ask was exactly for that, for heavy artillery. Uh, For uh, reasons of operational security, I can't go into the details uh, at this point on uh, how and what we're getting to them exactly, uh, but I can assure you we will have more to say in the coming days. Okay, so heavy artillery sent to Ukraine uh, in response to a direct request from President Volodymyr Zelensky, uh, but we don't know the specifics just yet. But we know Canada sending more military aid. So let's get an update on what the situation is in Ukraine right now from Dr. Eric Ouellette, who is an associate professor in the Department of Defense Studies with the Royal Military College in Canada. Uh, Dr. Ouellette, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Hello, yes. Let's walk through the two... Um, Uh, new advancements this week that we've been hearing so much about, uh, the Donbass. What is your understanding as to what's going on there? It sounds like an absolutely massive effort by the Russians. Yes, they are actually uh, massing troops uh, in the northern part of the Donbass region. There's a town called Izilum, and uh, it looks like they will launch a, uh, like a spearhead offensive uh, with that, uh, those troops. Uh, and eventually, uh, when they um, take Mariupol, they will be able to concentrate more troops in the south and try to push north and uh, try to encircle completely the uh, Ukrainian army in the east. Uh, so that looks like that right now. So you mentioned uh, Mariupol. Of course, that's in the south. Uh, what the situation is, as I understand, it sounds absolutely horrible um, with a, a lot of Ukrainian soldiers, foreign fighters, civilians, women, children um, taking shelter in a massive steel factory and given a deadline to lay down their arms and come out or, or die, that deadline has passed. What do you know about that situation in Mariupol? Uh, I don't know the details of the situation there, but definitely the Russians will uh, just destroy completely the uh, the, uh, the steel factory if they need they have to. So it's just a matter of time before the the Ukrainian forces will surrender there. They, they're completely encircled. They're running very low on munitions. So, uh, yes, it's, the situation is quite desperate there. Yeah, just a matter of time. Okay, so when we take a look at, I mean, the, the, those two areas are sort of interconnected, as you said. You've got Donbass, which is the north and the east. Mariupol is in the south, but they work together. Once Mariupol is taken by the Russians, um, they've got sort of this whole... I don't know how you would call it, but basically the eastern flank of Ukraine, the southeastern part. And you say their plan then is to encircle all of eastern Ukraine? Well, uh, that's one of the, the obvious options for the Russians. And uh, given the, the, the massive um, buildup they have in the north, it looks very much that they are trying to do that. And also, uh, as they advance, they will probably try to avoid uh, fortified areas and uh, and big cities. Um, so it's more like a maneuver warfare, if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, so there's a change there, yeah. So once they've taken these areas, and it looks like they will, uh, I don't know how long it will take, what's next? Um, do we have any idea what the plan is, the long-term plan here might be? 
Well, I think the Russians are uh, have two uh, two sets of plans. One is to take the the rest of the Donbass. If this goes well uh, for them, then they will probably try to take the rest of the eastern Ukraine, which is the part of the Ukraine that is uh, east of the Dnieper River. That kind of, kind of cuts the country in two, and uh, just basically annex or, or put the puppet government there. I think that's their plan. You know, we for a long time heard so much about how incredibly not successful, but resilient and resistant the Ukrainian forces have been throughout this. Um, now it seems to be a little bit different. Um, we, we see the Russians uh, amassing troops, preparing for a huge offensive, uh, about to take Mariupol, about to take Donbass, and uh, almost a foregone conclusion. Do we have any idea how Ukraine is holding up? Has, has the tide turned in this war? Well, that part of Ukraine is uh, looks uh, some many parts of Alberta is very flat, and uh, so it could be at the advantage of Russians because there's nowhere to hide in that kind of environment. But it's also vice versa, and that's why the the Western countries are providing artillery, uh, they're providing aircrafts uh, and parts for the uh, to to repair the uh, the aircrafts, so that the uh, the Ukrainian can also uh, force the Russians have nowhere to hide. So um, there's still uh, there's still uh, hope for the Ukrainians, so, except that the, the the nature of the war will change. It's not going to be a war of siege, but more a war of movement. Um, is there any advance at all? Do you know in terms of finding a resolution to this, short of what we're seeing now? I mean, if this grinds on through Donbass region for a while, and you know, I mean, it, it, does it increase the prospects of uh, a negotiated settlement? Decrease them? Is there any advance at all towards ending this? Right now, the Russians have absolutely no interest in negotiating seriously because uh, they haven't reached their uh, their new objectives of uh, being happy with just the east of Ukraine, if I can uh, speak like that. Uh, so right now, there's there's no prospect of any serious peace talk. If if the Russians are either really stop and their mass, their big offensive is completely failed, then they may be starting to negotiate. Or other scenario, um, if they really succeed to take uh, the Donbass and most of the eastern Ukraine, then they may decide to, to settle for that and start to negotiate. Um, last one, is the West doing what they need to do? Could they do more? Um, is this going to come too late? Should this have been done before? What do you think about the support that Ukraine is getting from the West? Well, they're getting a fair bit of support. Uh, it's, of course, never fast enough, although there's a fair bit of support they're receiving that's not um, uh, advertised publicly. And a, a number of politicians from different countries have alluded to that in the last uh, weeks or so. So so they're getting more support than we we read in, in generally in, in the press right now. Okay. Um, doctor, thank you so much for your insight and your time today. I appreciate it very much. My pleasure. You take care. Thank you. That's Dr. Eric Ouellette, who is a associate professor in the Department of Defense Studies with the Royal Military College in Canada, bringing us an update on what we're seeing. And yeah, uh, details, I mean, of course, we'll wait and see exactly what the outcome is here, but uh, it sounds like uh, the situation is very, very grim. I don't know if you saw the story uh, that came out of Ukraine uh, early this morning. It's basically an ultimatum. The Russians were uh, told Ukrainian troops in Mariupol to surrender or die. Uh, by a deadline that has now passed, by the way, uh, earlier today. Um, the commander of a unit, one of the units that is holed up inside of this massive steel factory, 
in Mariupol sent out uh, a, a video message basically saying, we believe we're into our final hours or days here at the most. Uh, his message was, this is our appeal to the world. It may be our last. We may have only a few days or hours left. The enemy units are dozens of times larger than ours. They have dominance in the air, in artillery, in ground troops, in equipment, and in tanks. This was filmed inside of this steel factory, where, as I say, a number of Ukrainian soldiers have uh, been taking refuge along with a large number of citizens, by the sound of it. It seems to be um, one of the last strongholds. Uh, the president of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky, says he estimates about 1,000 civilians are inside that factory right now. Um, so we'll keep you updated on that.